I'm lazy and can't think of a good intro. Also, this one is about Terry Gilliam, who I found out later has unfortunate opinions about people and minorities and women in film, so I apologize for tacitly endorsing his work, even though I think it's kind of decent sometimes, but that's the difficult thing of trying to separate the artist from the work, which you shouldn't do. This is a long intro. Here's the show. It's a hurt so Ha-cha-cha-cha. That would be my normal course of action, that we don't leave music playing during the... There we go. Maybe you should. I mean, it, it could be a thing that we do. Um, however, I'm going to mute all of the things. Or I could just turn off the thing. There we go. Alright, so... We can have the fan on though. I think like we've 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 recorded worse podcasts. I promise you. I don't, I don't know. Well, we'll, the we'll night f- is young. We'll soon find out. Welcome back to Heard You Saw with a surprise. <laughs> mi- I I think mini cast maybe because it's just today. I'm joined by Richard Perry, friend of the show. Hello. Making his debut. Uh, you're a long-time listener, of course, Richard. You, you know our whole yes. back catalogue. I'm familiar with your opus. Indeed, you've heard me singing some of the intros from time to time. Indeed. Um, so, there's a little deviation from the normal routine of either major releases or stuff on the list. Uh, so, I think, I think for context, we should lay down exactly how we ended up here, where we are Explain right now. what happened. So, last night, on the TV... We happen to catch the back half of the movie Hansel and Gretel. That is not as... Hansel and Gretel Witch Hunters. Hansel and Gretel Witch Hunters starring Jeremy Renner and a lady whose name escapes me. Hilarious film, you know, like fun things in that movie. People's heads getting smushed. Lots of shitting and fucking and like tits. And also a witch mowing down a crowd of other witches with a minigun. What's not to love? However, as we were watching this cinematic tour de force, Richard, what did you turn to me and say? I can't remember. You said we should watch Brothers Grimm. Yes. Yeah. We should. Indeed. And so this evening, we did that. As is the format of the show, Richard, I'm going to ask you for your uh, one-line hot take. This is the, uh, the first one-line hot take you can come in for this film. Whatever's deep in your heart, the first thing you're feeling, lay it on me. I, I just wanna, I just wanna quote the film and say, it's not good. It's just shiny. <laughs> I thought you were gonna go with always trust the toad. That's true. <laughs> either, either yeah. one, I think, could perfectly sum up the, I, the film. I think my one-line hot take. Oh, craggy. I do. Uh, it's, it's, it, there's a lot in this film. There's an awful lot going on. I think watching this film really made me realize why Heath Ledger did the Imaginarium of Dr. Parnassus. Because it's yes. got that weird fucking mythic quality. But we'll get to that. Richard, between the two of us, normally um, EJ... Also a Terry Gilliam film as well. Is that also Terry Gilliam as well? I think so, yeah. Oh my god, I actually... I, that makes so much sense. Oh, man. Anyway, normally EJ would recount the plot of the film, but I think between us we may be equal to the task. 
Okay. So, we open in Germany. 1796, if I recall. That's impressive memory, if that's correct. I'm not going to check it. Good year. Oh, yeah. And young Brothers Grimm have a sick sibling, sister, who's dying. And Jacob has gone to sell the family cow. And wouldn't you know it... To get money for medicine. Indeed, indeed. What's he, what's he, what has he only gone and done with the family cow? He sold it for some magic beans. What a fool! And his brother Will is irate. Indeed. There's a lot of childish punching. We then... Title card, and then it's now, what? 30-ish? 20, 30 years into the future? Not that far. It's when was Napoleon doing shit? Before 1812. After Austerlitz and... Before Leipzig. I want to just say, dear listeners, you'll notice that we have a certain amount of historical accuracy to the podcast now. I that, wouldn't... That's, the, that's, <laughs> the, that's what Richard Perry brings to the show. In a podcast about the Brothers Grimm. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, occupi- it's French-occupied Germany. Mm. And we cut to... Although Germany wasn't really a thing yet. The what, Austro-Hungarian Empire was still a thing, was it? No, it was more a collection of principalities and kingdoms. Right, in the area where Germany would in later become. In the area become. we now call Germany. Yes. The, where uh, the Germanic peoples live. Indeed. Speak German. <laughs> well, they speak in apparently quite cockney English, according to this film. Um, True. The Brothers Grimm ride into a town that is besieged by a witch. Beset. Beset, indeed. And they extract a, a hefty fare from the townsfolk, the mayor, no less, to rid them of this beast. And we have an action sequence in a barn where they have an, an epic battle with a witch. But then, the twist. It was Mackenzie Crook the whole time, and it's actually a ruse. I always find that's the case. Mm. So the Brothers Grimm, contrary to the setup of the initial sequence, are not actually hunters of the occult. They are charlatans, they're con men, and they immediately get captured by the French forces after a fun night out on the town. They are taken before Jonathan Price, who is not Napoleon, but does a lot of the mannerisms and has the outfit and the hand thing. Did he wear a hat at any point? I feel like he does. Maybe. And his master torturer, Cavaldi. Who's great. More on Cavaldi later. He's the best heel face turn in like fucking cinema. It's amazing. It's like, yeah, now I'm good now. Fuck it. Uh, <laughs> why not? Ah, I love you guys. Ah. Um, and he reveals them to be the charlatans after having tortured, tortured uh, Mackenzie Crook and their other bumbling henchmen in the most Terry Gilligan-esque they- way possible by encasing their heads in glass, like little glass boxes, filled with snails. Mm-hmm. Tying them to chairs and yep. dangling them upside down over a giant cauldron of boiling oil. Of course, with lots of like dramatic red light. Yes. To signify the danger. He says, I'm, I'm going to kill you unless you go to Marbanada? Some German village. Some wee German village where a bunch of young girls have gone missing and they have to solve it because they reckon it's also hucksters. And they're going to send the Hucksters to catch the Huxties. The Huxterizers? Hux, Hucksters? Oh, anyway. The they get there. Not a warm welcome. Guns out of every window. Every single one. And they 
go into their, 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 their usual patter to try and get the townsfolk on side. They have a meeting in the church and everyone's all like, all oh, the girls have been taken. There's, you know, legends of problems and danger and all kinds of things. In the woods, the trees, oh. Oh, fucking trees. Oh yeah, the tree, they get everywhere. <laughs> Um, oh, shit, I forgot, we had a vignette before this, which was of literally Hans, well, Hans and Greta. I'm doing a, I'm doing a significant look, podcast listeners, of, we know what this is about. Not Witch Hunters and not Jeremy Renner. Small children. Well, we don't know that. They may grow up to be that. (laughs) And, um, they get the, the, the small girl, the Greta... Her, her scarf turns into a bit of very unconvincing CGI. I mean, it was the mid-2000s. It, what, really? Yes. I honestly would have pitched this, like, just slightly earlier. If you'd said to me this was 1998, I would have been like, yeah, all right, yeah. That best CGI in 1998. We've all <laughs> It wasn't until they hit the early 2000s that they got, like, into yeah, the Yeah, they were like, ah, oh, anyone can do this. It's cheap now. And it turns out, no, no, they can't. <laughs> Everyone saw Terminator 2 and thought, yeah, we could have a character who's basically liquid metal CGI, what? Um, and then we ended up with Terminator 3, and uh, that's how that goes. Oh, uh, that's sad. Um, they, go, they go and meet uh, the lead female, uh, played by Lena Headey, Angelica, who is cursed, and like a woods lady who knows the forest. She takes them into the woods, it's all very sinister, and they arrive at a big, tall tower, which was featured in some of the drawings that she did in her house, as spotted by um, Jacob. Have we established? Wait, have we have we mentioned which? No. The act. Okay, right. So, Will Grimm, William Grimm, played by Matt William Damon. Grimm's. Matt Damon doing a. How convincing would you say his English accent was? I don't think it was that bad. It wasn't that bad. No, I, it was alright. It was, a, it was a, a small bit inconsistent. He wasn't your lovable cockney orphan. Oh, he was not. I mean, the, the child who played him when he was a child was considerably more cockney. Mm. It seems like he grew out of it. He was Matt Damon if Matt Damon had, like, just spent time at university in England. <laughs> it's like, uh, guys, do you know they call it the loo in England? <laughs> Amazing. Um, he is playing opposite Heath Ledger, late great Heath Ledger, much love to him, um, who is playing Jacob. Richard, describe to me the, the, the personalities of the two brothers Grimm. Jacob yes. is very much away with the fairies. He is. Um, he like loves his stories and his, his old fairy tales, which, you know. I guess makes sense. And he's got a book that he writes them all down in. That he does. Like, especially the ones that they basically made up themselves. Yes. By pretending to destroy witches or whatever. Um, Conversely, William. Will is a pragmatist, um, a con man, bit of a shyster. Bit of bit of a Lothario as well. Yes, bit of a lady, ladies' man. Um... He's constantly throwing the magic beans thing back in <laughs> Jacob's face. Yeah, I, um, I feel like it's it, never have I heard a film say the word magic beans in such an accusatory tone as yeah, this film. Was a fantastic bit where um, he was taking two ladies to bed and he was trying to get Jacob to join him so they could have one each. And he's like, beans, 
being ah, ah you're an idiot. <laughs> which I I can't do him justice. His delivery was fantastic. It was it good. Did, did make me chuckle. So they arrive at the tower and. They're basically doing their uh, con man routine, overseen by the French military guys, and um, trying to sort of figure out like what's going on and how the alleged shysters are shystering the townsfolk. As as Will says, they clearly have much more resources than we do. Yeah, yeah. Um, so they find nothing, and they trot back to town. Fuck, what happens then? Um, there's like a little middle bit where it sort of has a little bit of a transitional phase before stuff starts to happen. We don't have all of the weird shit yet. Uh, it does happen. It gets confusing because they go back and forth several Oh boy, times. Do they, the, so we have the two key locations of the village and the tower. Mm. And the, the route to, you know, which seems very short when they're actually doing it. It's like a short ride on a horse. I think they, do they go back and then the night stuff happens with the horse. The yes. horse, yeah. The, the horse, horse full of spiders. The horse full of spiders. Right. That got fed spiders by. A mysterious figure as yet un, unmentioned. And we have very the, obviously Angelica's dad. Yes, who was shown in a flashback. Where he told her the story of the queen who locked herself in the tower to escape a blip. <coughs> Excuse me. And live forever. And so that's given our framing device of the general occult tree that's going on. So one of the girls in this village, a small child girl, disguised as a boy. Because all the girl childs have been disguised as boys. To stop them from being stolen by whatever mystical occult forces. Spoiler alert, it doesn't work. It does not, no. Um, here's a horse going... It actually makes like a horse help me noise. So she goes to see the horse. And then... It's a very pretty horse. And she's like, what big eyes you've got. What big ears you've got. What a big mouth you've got. And she puts his hand to its mouth. And the spiders come out. Yes. And there's cobwebs. And the cobwebs stick to her hand. And she's screaming. The horse is like screaming. And like, uh, like rearing up and backwards and there's these cobwebs connecting her to the horse and she's sort of on the floor rolling around and gets wrapped up in the cobwebs and then the horse kind of like leans back and flicks up in the air and then it cuts to a shot of a shadow yep. of the horse to all intents and purposes eating yes the cobweb bundled girl yes horse swallows the infant whole yes so the, the, the brothers... And then runs out of the... Well, it's like it's weird and it's like it's a yeah. big, fat, weird-looking horse now. So the brothers run out and encounter this horse full of spiders. And they happen to look into its mouth and you have the great shot of the girl going... Ah! Like, away down, down the esophagus of a horse. Um, so they, and they, they visibly shit themselves. Yeah! It's very good acting on their part. You have Will say like, "No, you could do it with mirrors," and you're like, and, and Jacob's like, "It's a fucking horse that just ate a kid." It's like it was on tracks. It's like it's it's not on tracks. It's my horse. <laughs> so it, it runs away into the forest, and they give chase. Also followed by Angelica in her nightgown, but with her bow and arrow, and the French forces that have been overseeing them. Well, what's his name? Cavaldi. 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 Um, things go badly. Um, the, most of the French dudes get murdered by trees. 
and Angelica encounters a wolf, which she shoots at a couple of times, but it sort of ignores her, and then mysteriously leaves her alone. And she's, like, about to stab it and looks into his eyes and has a meaningful, like, emotional exchange with the wolf, who then runs off, and she's left alone in the woods and just says, The eyes. Yeah. And we're like, well, that, that, I wonder what that could possibly be. I, I don't, be. I, know, I, who I don't she's know. saying that. You know, she's only been mentioned but. to have one major connection to anybody else in the entire film. Couldn't be anything to do with him, could it? No time for that! <laughs> um, so, Cavaldi then decides, fuck this, fuck all of this, I'm out. He grabs the Grimms, he grabs Angelica, and takes them all back to Jonathan Price, interrupts his fancy dinner in a room full of mirrors, because uh, apparently, uh, uh, um, <laughs> they were just like we've got all this money for sets let's just make lots of them and have the costume department just go to town it's a Terry Gilliam movie what, I mean what Nick come on what do you expect <laughs> I don't expect him to do things by halves and I was no. not let down um, so there's a brief sequence of minor peril where Cavaldi's like I'm gonna put Angelica in a giant what essentially amounts to a giant blender Unless you guys tell me the truth about what happened in the forest. Because he has this theory that it's a whole secret Germanic uprising of tree-based fighters. And he's going to grind her up. And then the Grim Brothers Grim are all like, no, okay, you got us. Actually, it's a secret military. But if you send us back, we'll stop them with our methods. Ah, uh, dudes. Yes. And Jonathan Price, for some reason, goes, all right. That seems okay. I wonder if he's possibly hiding an ulterior motive. And then goes, Crossman, I'll kill you. Yes. And he's in very... Try and run away. I will burn the place to the ground and murder everyone. Can you give me a slightly more French take on that? Try to skip oh. and I will... Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> burn everything to the ground. Oh, we murder everybody. Everybody. <laughs> I'm Jonathan Press. <laughs> I drink wine. He does drink wine. <laughs> so they go back to the village again. At this point, the movie feels like, hey, we gotta, we gotta have some kind of like romantic entanglement going on here, because they've been very loosely sort of like, oh, maybe Jacob kind of likes Angelica, but they've known each other for about a day, uh, and then turns out the sexual tension is actually between. Will and Angelica, I, I, if I'm going to level my... F I, I don't know about that. It, it, there's that bit where he's like, God, my brother's so difficult. And he sits down and then she sits down and then leans in close. And it's all like, oh, the framing. And then Jacob's like, Meh! and he flounces off into the forest, upset that his brother is stealing With the catapult. girl. With a catapult and Mackenzie Crook and the other guy. <laughs> oh, boy. So... Deep in the forest, Jacob has figured that, based on the legend of the, the evil queen, he needs to get into the tower. So he's trying to catapult himself in. It's not really working out. Their two buddies run away, and he and Will agree to kind of like, let's work together. Let's do a thing and, like, get into the tower. So, while they're doing that, we have possibly, I think, the best sequence in the film. One of the small girl-boy children is at the well. Richard, and a bird flies and crashes into the well. A bird, the birds are kind of like... 
representatives. Yeah, the harbingers of malice and evil in the film. They're flying around a lot in this village. Yeah. And they're always sort of kind of heralds of dark things happening. Indeed. And this this girl's drawing up some water from the well and this bird just is there cawing. She looks at it like, I don't like where this is going. Um... Which she's right. To she's do. very right. <laughs> and then it, it falls into the well, and she's like, oh, "Fine." And she draw, draws up a bucket of water, and the the bird is in the bucket. Yes. And she kind of takes it out and holds it up, and she's like, oh, "Poor thing." And then it goes, like flaps the shit out of its wing. She goes, "Ah!" and falls over. And it's like flapping and flapping and flapping. She gets a load of mud all over her, especially over her face. Yes. Um, and at this point, like, there's some mud or something in the bucket, and that sort of slops on over the floor. And yeah. Slops over and he's moving around. Um, and the bird kind of flies off. And she wipes the mud off her face. Yes. And it's kind of it's revealed that she now has no face. Je- that she her eyes are gone. Yes. Um, pretty good makeup. Pretty terrible. Oh yeah, great Doesn't bit of nightmare fuel. Um, and suddenly this lump of mud that's like moving around. There's an eye in it. Yeah. And it kind of like pulls itself together, and is a little kind of weird person-shaped blob. Yeah. With eyes. Yeah. And a mouth. And Angelica's like, get the fuck away from that! Yeah. And she runs out and is like, come to my voice, run to my voice. And her dad shoots the thing, yep. explodes in a shower of mud, then kind of starts pulling itself to, together. Terminator 2 star! Terminator 2. Oh my god! Um, it's almost like we knew. And then it, she sends the kid into the house with Cavalli. Yeah. Who's sort of like, what the fuck is happening? I was being evil and trying to torture Angelica, but now I've got this kid with no face. Oh. And she's like, look after him and her. The kid, yeah. And he goes and like cowers in the corner with the child and she picks up a scythe. Yeah. Scythes the mud baby thing in half. Yeah. To little like, effect. It's like sort of down, his legs are gone, and it's like, ah, oh, well, what am I going to do? Oh, I guess I'll just go-go gadget arms. Stretch it through the door. I, under the door. Yeah. Grabs the child, pulls no. her <laughs> back through the door, which explodes in a shower of splinters, and into itself, and it then absorbs the child. And then what's it? Then that? it turns into a gingerbread person. Yes. With a human face. Yes. Bites off its own thumb <laughs> and says, I taste good. And then it runs off saying, You can't catch me on the gingerbread uh, man, or something yeah. to that effect. Yeah. And, it, and everyone sort of just come out of their hovels and they're like, What the fuck is going on? <laughs> so we cut back to the forest. And nobody knows. No, yeah. It's no a, one has any answer. It's a great sequence. It's, <laughs> it's people being like, What the f? Ah! Because it is horrifying, it's potent, it's like this really kind of... Oh, Jesus. So meanwhile, Jacob is climbing the tower. Will is supporting him and is starting to believe a little bit in magic. Um, 
and he's winching him up with the, the, the winch system that they used to fly witches around with. <laughs> Jacob spots. Meanwhile, they're too guard like Mackenzie oh, Crook and his mate have just They're out. Bugged off. Yeah, they were like, we're not having this. Like, the, tre- out. the trees are moving, we don't like it. Don't wanna lick any toads. From the top. Angelica licks a toad. Oh yeah, it? earlier in the like, film. Full on licks a toad. That'll come it's that'll come back in just a moment. Impressive. Oh, when, yeah. when Matt Damon does it. Didn't seem to be any so like if you ever see it, either of them, just be like You licked a toad. Trust the toad. And they'll probably punch you in the face. Lena Headley looks like she's got some fucking... She, she can do it. She's got some rage. She's definitely got it. From the top of the tower, Jacob can see that there are 12 crypts around the uh, tower, similar to a clock face. And he swings in through the window. There are 10, well now 11. 11 children missing. Not that they know. Yeah. Children. He missing. swings in, and it's like, you know, he finds a crown, he finds a uh, throne, finds a bed with many mattresses. And like a fucking desiccated mummy esque, super old. My nails are fucking Rip Van Winkle style old lady on it, and a mirror. Meanwhile, Will sees like the fucking. Does he get attacked by the wolf guy first? He's like running around, and then the wolf guy gets the kid, or does the, no, the no, wolf guy he, gets the kid first? He sort of sees the kid kind of come out the water. Come, come out the water in a dress. In, in a dr- dress, and she's like floating in this pool thing. Um, Very lady oh, of the yeah, lake. Yeah. Um, and he's like, what? And sort of goes to try and help. And then he hears something behind him, turns around, and there's a wolf there. Yeah. And he gets a big stick, because he's like, have it. There's a wolf. Yeah. Shit. Protect a small child. Um, Good boy. And then the wolf turns, before his eyes, turns into a person, and he immediately goes, fuck this. Yeah, and, I'm done. And then <laughs> runs away and hides. Um... Fantastic bit of realistic acting. <laughs> Will, like, Will Grimm is he's, he's many things. He's not a brave man. Uh, I think I it's know. fair to say. Cometh the hour, maybe cometh the man. We shall find out. He was willing to fight a, a wolf with a stick. Yes, but to not protect a, mag- a child. But when that wolf magically turns into a person, I mean, I, a person wielding an axe. A person wielding an axe. I think it's safe to say his pragmatic side showed through. <laughs> he's like, I, I, yeah. Yeah, I can't do anything here. So he sees the man put the kid into a crypt. And, yeah, which is opened by the Beatles. Yes, really strong cockroaches. <laughs> which is opened by the Beatles. As if yeah, yeah, of course. I mean, that's how that happens. He then has a brief fight scene with, with the man throwing the axe at him. And the axe can like, it's like a magic axe. So you throw it, it comes back. I'm sorry, I'm just imagining yeah. the Beatles. Oh, like, Ringo, should we open up this coffin and put this put, child put in it? Put back into it, Ringo. <laughs> I feel like I'm doing all the work here. Hey, Paul, what are we going to do with this child? Resurrect a queen, like? Outrageous. Um, so while, so while, while that's happening, um, uh, Jacob has like a vision in the mirror where the queen is like all young and sexy. And she's trying to like... Getting on with Get him. all up in that. Yeah. He has none of it. He grabs onto her really, really long old person. No, no, no. He's, he's like there kind of... Will throws a rock. Yeah. Will makes the shot of the movie. It's like... He's... He throws a rock up a like 50 meter high tower. Through the window. Through the window. Hits the magic mirror. Yep. Cracks it. Cracks it. Yeah. Oh, also, also I should mention the glass slippers. Oh yeah, all the kids get glass slippers on them. 
Yeah, for some reason. Yeah, just because Terry Gilliam was like, all of the fairy tales need to be... I'm yeah. just going to get all of them like in there. Wh when he put her in the crypt, he put like a, a toe ring on her toe. It turned into like... turned into a pair of glass slippers. For which, yeah. Presumably reasons. Symbolism. I don't know what makes them slippers, they're just shoes. Yeah. If, I don't, if we get down to it. None I mean, of they're slip-on shoes. Neither of, us, was, neither of us are cobblers. I feel like we're outside our area of expertise yeah, here. I know Louis Vuitton's have got red soles and beyond. <laughs> Jimmy Choo's say Jimmy Choo's on the like inside of the sole. That's yeah, but I, I mean, know. come on, like so do like Adidas. It's true, but they don't. I don't know. Anyway, he breaks the spell. Wait, well, he breaks the the brief period of mind control by hitting the mirror. He grabs onto her old lady hair, jumps out the window, yelling Rapunzel. Yeah, and then tears her hair off and lands. On the woodcutter guy with the axe. Yes. Basically. Who's about to murder Will. Yes. He then grabs the axe and they're like, we're getting out of here with this kid. So they grab the kid out of the crypt. Um, they run away and they find out that the, the axe can keep the moving trees away. They make their way back to the village. Oh, this is also the time. Wasn't this around the time he licked the toad? Yes. Oh, yeah. Matt Damon. Matt Damon. Sorry. Will licks it. Because earlier in the film, Angelica pointed out that because the trees move, you can't find your way back because the forest is constantly shifting and changing. So she gets Mother Toad, gives her a lick and says, show me the way. And then the toad like points in the direction she needs to go. And uh, Will licks the toad and then it sort of rolls over and says like, G give me another. And he's like, sure. And then it kind it, of... It is very kind of pinky like one of your French toads. French, <laughs> French toads. <laughs> and then it points the way to go. And he says to Jacob, I licked the toad, I know which way to go. He's like, what? So he goes, trust the toad. Trust the toad. And they, they book it out of there with the kid. They get back to the village. Kid's not breathing, under a curse. And then, wouldn't you know it, the French army shows up with Jonathan Price. He, they're all like, okay, we've had enough of you dicking about. We're going to burn the forest to the ground. And you with it. And you, and presumably the missing children. Also, we killed Mackenzie Crook and his friend. Yeah, we got their heads and pots. Made nameless because we, we, we weren't paying attention yeah, he, to he the credits. He didn't seem to... He, he was someone I knew from things, I feel, but I can't remember who he was. You say someone you knew from university. Maybe. Uh, I, I mean, no. Because, <laughs> like, I went to university in fucking 2007. Um, so, the Brothers Grimm, uh, tied to some ladders... And left in the forest, and then everything's lit on fire. They also get the book, and like, hey, hey, look at your book. And um, Cavaldi is kind of having doubts, I feel, at this point. Because um, he's all like, it's real, all the magic is real. And they're like, shut up, Cavaldi, you crazy fool. Um, and so he's like, yeah, all right. I'll take that for the moment. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm just going to shut up. Angelica dresses herself in a wolf skin, takes the axe that they brought back, and cuts them loose little comedic bit where she cuts their arms free but not their feet oh. and I was like are they going to fall in the fire and they didn't which was good um, they then all head back into the forest on their way get attacked by the wolf again he smacks Angelica into the, uh, uh, a small lake throws a ring into the water which freezes it and she then disappears underwater we then see she becomes the twelfth lady. Oh fuck! We forgot to mention when he when he was in the tower, Jacob found a like a uh, uh, tap not not tapestry like a little parchment yeah. thing indicating that it was you know they need the blood moon, which the coincidentally is that very night. Yeah, wouldn't it? Lucky, right? 
you know. We've been like, oh, it's two months away. Well, at least we've got time. We've got some time to just, you know, get some fucking big levers and get these crypts open. Not much they can do there. Um, they, and so they get Angelica, they put her in the 12th crypt and the queens are like, nah, I'm going to become young again. And she does a big, big, big blow and like puts out all the flames in the forest and blows, blows away the... Blows the French army away. Yeah. Leaving only Jonathan Price... Metaphorically Ca- and literally. <laughs> Jonathan Price, Cavaldi, and uh, Jonathan Price's trusty manservant, um, who then make their way into the forest as well for the, the final confrontation. Cavaldi. Here's where he makes the switch. Now, Richard, I don't feel like this was properly telegraphed. It did seem to come a bit out of nowhere. Because he's like, I'm the master torturer. I'll put a lady in a blender. I don't fucking care. To, well, now that magic is real, I've reconsidered all of my life choices. I mean, to, to be fair, what this film does very well is kind of accurately portray people grappling with magic. Mind-bending weirdness. Yeah, like encountering for real and being like, uh, oh! <laughs> ah. Oh, this... Uh, oh! Oh, blimey. Oh, dear. The might um, of the French army is no match for the, the forest. Um, so Jonathan Price shoots Cavaldi right in the tip. Are we still recording? Yeah, we're still recording. And um, he falls over, apparently slain. I'm saying apparently because, you know. He comes back. He does, he does. Fight scene ensues. Uh, the um, trusty manservant makes another amazing shot. He's like there with a flag. Oh yeah, he's got the yeah. flag. He's got a flag, and Jonathan <laughs> brothers, Price is... brothers Grimm are running away. They're they're already like, let's get the fuck out of here. Yeah, and Jonathan Price is to his manservant who's holding a flag. Be a soldier, and this guy just launches this flag, flies a good what fifty feet or so. It's crazy. Hits Matt Damon in the legs, tricks him up, and he stumbles over. Like, perfectly. Perfectly. Beautiful. Like, shot. LeBron James level of just, like, like, does it. It's <laughs> like, I mean, I, I really get the feeling that Jonathan Price just shut the fuck up as soon as he... You're like, oh, well done. Oh, bien sûr. Oui. Yeah. Très bien. Uh, yeah. Promotion for you, I guess. Uh. <laughs> Jonathan Price then has like a uh, sword fight with Matt Damon, but Matt Damon's only got a flag. Because uh, he literally just got tripped up by it. He's like, oh fuck, I better use this. Um, uh, Heath Ledger, uh, uh, Jacob. Has, has the mag again. And he kills the manservant with like the boomerang shot. Yeah. You know, we're like, okay, cool. He then is like, I need to get into the tower to stop like this evil queen from doing a bunch of shit. Um, not, not go help his brother who's fighting like a very highly trained soldier. To be fair though, but what he does is he does throw a crucifix at him, which is the crucifix they used earlier in one of their, their bits, and he lights on fire and throws it in Jonathan Price's face and then stabs him with the flag. That had been broken in half. Yes. What, what was Jonathan Price's final words? He, he had like a really weird... Yeah, it was really, really bizarre. He was like, oh, was all it? I wanted was uh, to... Take it easy or something like that. He's like, yeah, so what I wanted to do was relax. Are you are you literally gonna look it up now? <laughs> yeah, I've got the IMDb right here. Um, quotes, quotes. 
I, I will continue to narrate the film while Perry is checking out what Jonathan Price's character's final words were. Um, so Jacob climbs back into the tower where the huntsman has been lifted up by birds into the tower and confronts the witch with her wolfman huntsman guy. Um, he attempts to use nine... Well, he tries to use the magic axe. Doesn't fucking work. She has precisely none of it. It's actually a fuck, It's a great moment because he hurls it and she's just like, bink, with her really long, you know, awful looking fingernails. Mm. Um, so he grabs a knife from the wall and she just pins him to the wall with the knife in his hand. Will then climbs up the hair rope that was tied around Jacob's body and also grabs a knife and then they end up in... You know that bit in the first Matrix film where um, Agent Smith and Neo will do that, like they both run on pillars and then they like leap grapple and they're like in the air grappling with each other? It's like that, but they both got really big knives. So here's a bit that doesn't necessarily like gel for me, Richard. I don't know what, what you think of this. Will says to Jacob, You know the end of the story. You've got to finish it. It's all you. And, and then he lets him stab him. I'm not sure how those two things necessarily came together. He was out of ideas. <laughs> it was more symptomatic of him trusting his... Not symptomatic. More Emblematic? Yeah, yeah, of him trusting his brother and being like, you're right. You got this. Yes. You believe I in believe yourself. I believe in you. Yeah. So, so I'm gonna let you stab me, and I'm sure it'll all be fine. <laughs> Tremendous levels of trust. So Will stabs him, and then the queen's in the mirror, being like, "Oh, now you'll be my new sexy servant. I'm also really sexy now because the spell is almost complete." So she takes the badge out of the huntsman that she used to control him, and stabs it into Will. He's then all like, "I serve the queen." Jacob freaks out and smashes the mirror. What's the... <laughs> That's a great memorable quote. Cast! Yep. Um, this causes the, uh, the, the queen to like shatter into a bunch of pieces as well. Still like mostly formed up, but it's like revealing like apparently she's made of spider webs. Like the horse. Um, <laughs> on the inside. The huntsman is, like, getting his own, you know, self back. And he grabs the big chunk of the mirror and runs for the window. Will dives out Oscar him and they both stack it down to the bottom. The queen explodes. Cavaldi's like, oh my god! Will, don't die! And the entire tower collapses. Jacob's still in there, but it's fine because he, di he dives for the big pile of mattresses. In the aftermath, Cavaldi... Fully good guy, Cavaldi, right now. Oh, yeah, he survived his gunshot because he was wearing the fake armor that um, Will made for them to uh, huckster people with, but he survived. And he revives Jacob, and they go and find Will, and Will is still, like, dead. He says, Jacob! He, wait, he's Spanish, right? Was he Spanish? Italian. Italian. I, I remember this story from when I was a child. You must awaken the girl with a true love's kiss. And so he kisses Angelica on the mouth. And after just a long enough pause for you to think, oh God, are we really going to suddenly start playing this straight? That, you know, not always stories end well. Um, she does wake up. And all the other kids wake up. And it's lovely. He goes back to Will and Cavalli's like, 
Maybe another kiss! And he leans in to kiss his brother, and his brother goes, Not you. And so he's like, Angelica, why don't you try kissing him? And then Will reveals that he's actually fine, despite being stabbed multiple times, and falling off a tower, holding a mirror. It's fine. And they all go back to the village, and they have a lovely big dance. And that's the end of the film. Which says, and they all live happily ever after. Well, maybe. Richard. This, yeah. I, I've just found Jonathan Price's last words. Give it to me. Uh, he played General Delaton. Delaton, oui. Oui. His last words. Well. All I wanted was a little order. A slice of quiche would be <laughs> And then dies. Hey, nice. Richard, what did you make of this film? I mean... You've I, seen it before. I had seen it before, a long time ago. Um, long enough ago to know better. <laughs> but <laughs> to drag me along on this path. I I enjoyed it. It's fun. It is fun. It's bonkers. It's fucking weird. It's like it's Terry Gilliam just being like, I got loads of budget. I'm gonna make a fun from somewhere crazy film. This is the thing. I, I I I wish I'd been in the room when someone had pitched this to a studio saying, Look, it's Gilliam and they're like, Gilliam? He's a bit Ooh. and they're like, But this one is really weird. Are they like, that's the best we could hope for? They're all really weird. It's all really weird. We should watch Jabberwocky. Oh, Christ. <laughs> Maybe. Have you ever seen that? No, I've never seen Jabberwocky. Me neither. Oh. I saw a trailer for it ah. once. Do you reckon we'll ever see Don Quixote? No. But the trailer came out, and the trailer looked, like, good and no, I finished. Th- I thought I read something. Um... He's lost the rights again. Yeah. But I think they're still releasing it. It's just that he's not going to get any money for it. Could be okay with well, furious, but he's been furious for a while, yeah. I think. Um, I really enjoyed this film. Uh, it's definitely worth watching. I, like, I think the main takeaway I've got from this was the thing I said while we were watching it is that why haven't Terry Gilliam and Guillermo del Toro made something together? It'd just be too weird. It'd be really weird, but it'd, it'd be disturbing. It'd be awesome though. Like fucking. The 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 they visual just get into so many arguments. Oh mate, they'd be like, Gilliam which horrific. would be like, why don't we have any lenses longer than fourteen millimeters? <laughs> and Terry Gilliam would be like, because it looks better. And he's like, what? No, it just looks weird. <laughs> he's like, Terry, I want to have these expansive sets that we've dressed extensively, like, you know, to show them off. He's like, stop hiring more extras. He's like, no, I've got more. They're all in really wacky clothes. He's like, just. Give me like five minutes. <laughs> I just want to have a moment where the sit film gets to breathe. It dresses the court of Marie Antoinette. That's great, but we're set in the Bronx in the <laughs> 1950s. What am I going to do with all these tentacles? <laughs> we'll, we'll work them in somehow, I'm sure. Yeah. But I, I, I think this film's definitely worth your time. I mean, it, the, the pairing of Matt Damon and Heath Ledger, like, they actually have pretty decent chemistry. Yeah, they, they really do. A cracking job. There's a lot of ADR. Yeah, but I mean, it's I think that's ton. more just. Uh, yeah, it's more. Yeah, they're probably just watching it back in the edit and we're like. Uh, uh, this is. There's a lot of people doing very dodgy French accents in this. <laughs> it's got Gilliam's typical visual flair. Um, one person who had an actual German accent. I think it was one of the little girls. 
what was like, hello. That, oh, that was bad. I feel bad about, oh, God, that's on the podcast now. Um, Richard. All of the dodgy accents we've been doing, and that's the one you've That one was pretty bad, yeah. I feel like, the, you know, the French one, you know, it's like a classic. You can do a, a dumb French accent. We, we can take the piss out of the French because they won the World Cup. And they did win. feel better. Well done, France. Football. <laughs> I'm waving my fist, kind of. You don't care. I, I don't. don't I try to pretend. I, I really am glad our boys did... Good? I hear good. I, I, apparently everyone's very proud. I, apparently Gareth Southgate is a lovely man. Indeed. And he wears a damn fine waistcoat. Richard, if yes. I may, I need to pull you towards your final thought. Collacing what we've just discussed, your feelings on the film, it's like the inverse of the one-line hot take that we began with. What do you, where, where do you feel like, now you've, now you've had some time to decompress, what's your final thought on Brothers Grimm by Terry Gilliam? think without a shadow of a doubt it's got to be another quote from the film yeah trust the toad trust the toad and i've got to say that was also going to be my final thought as well (laughs) oh man well thank you richard for joining us on the show um and we've run we've run long which always seems to happen in these two-person casts join us next time at some point. Most of it has just been us recounting the plot of the film. If you enjoyed our Valerian and the City of a Thousand Planets podcast, you'll have probably enjoyed this thing that you've just listened to. I watched that the other day. How, dude, isn't that film fucking wild? I, I had great time It's Luke Besson it. just like saying, I can just do whatever yeah. I want. It's sick. CGI now, great. Yeah, let's brilliant. Just go, let's just go at it. I'm just going to have him run through a thousand walls. They're like, Mr. Besson, we've got Rihanna. He's like, great. Great. She's we'll a frog. Some monster She's thing. like a frog shapeshifter. Yeah. She, she turns into an Egyptian and then she dies. Yeah. What? Brilliant. <laughs> Join us next time on Hedge Yourself for some film which will be a film. Ah, I need to get better at ending.